0: Welcome to the Stepmomming Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Skiles. Stepmomming is a wild ride, but you don't have to go it alone anymore. I'm here to give you validating insights and powerful shifts to build a stepmom life you love. This is your safe space. Welcome home, my friend. Hello, and welcome back to the Stepmoming Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Skiles, and I am here with a very special guest today. I am so excited to introduce you to Amelia. If you don't already know her, she's absolutely fabulous. Hello, Amelia.
1: Hi, thank you for having I'm
0: me. so excited you're here. I'm going to read you her formal bio in just a minute, but... Kind of off the record, Amelia is the graphic designer for stepmoming. So the fabulous Instagram feed that y'all see, that is all Amelia. She's amazing. Uh, when I say that she's a friend, truly somebody that I interact with on probably a daily basis. I'm so, so Hello. glad you're here. We have quite a bit to talk about, but before we get into that, I want to give you a formal introduction. So Amelia is a second wife, mom of two, and a stepmom of one. She and her husband have been together 12 years and married for seven. After overcoming her own stepfamily challenges, insecurity, shame, and what felt like endless frustration, Amelia made it her mission to help step parents just like her. In 2020, she became a certified stepparent coach and opened Lane Step Family Coaching. In addition to her specialized education, Amelia's biggest asset to coaching is her lived experience. Not only is she a stepmom, but a child of divorce too. This allows her to offer clients many different perspectives when helping them work through and learn to cope with their unique challenges. Amazing. I love it so much. (laughs) So, I just read a little bit about your family, but is there any background, any sort of insight you can give us on your family dynamics that you think would paint the picture for us?
1: Yeah, so just to kind of expand on being a child of divorce, too. So my parents separated when I was four and I lived with my dad full time and my mom went on to have two more children. So I was constantly jumping from living with just my dad in a really quiet regimented household to moving to my mom's with two siblings and her husband. And so life was very different from home to home. So I can really relate to kids that are you know, sometimes struggling with those changes in the homes. And then obviously just the feelings that come along with being a a child of divorce. Yeah. And then we have our, our own situation as a blended family. So, you know, my daughter welcoming a stepdad into her life. We welcomed an hours baby into our family. He's eight, you know, so that was something that many stepmoms face. There's a lot of just really unknown emotions that seem to come up with that. So Yeah, that's kind of us in a nutshell. And then also to obviously my stepdaughter and learning to navigate my relationship with her. And I will say that things with her haven't gone the way that Mm -hmm. I assumed they would or expected that they would. My relationship with my stepdad, kind of my guiding light as to how I thought that it would be. And it's not been that way. It's been quite challenging at times not because she's a terrible child, but because just she's faced a lot of challenges as well, right? So there's just been some difficulty in our relationship. So yeah, there's been a lot of moving pieces to our blended family, but uh, we're here now and thriving, I I think, most of the time. So I love that. And I
0: think you offer such a unique perspective and being blended in every way. As a child of divorce is having a child from a previous relationship, having the hours baby, having the stepchild, you've seen it all. (laughs) Something that makes your experience unique from mine, but not unique for a lot of stepmoms is that you actually moved in with your husband into the house that he shared with his ex before you. That's a a lot, right? (laughs) And I think, it is. I think that was it maybe a little bit of a shock to you in just how challenging that actually was. Can you share with us a little bit about what that experience was
1: like for you? Yeah. You know, when my husband and I started dating, he obviously lived here. I visited the home multiple times. Sometimes I would come just on my own. Sometimes I would bring my daughter for a few days. He lives about an hour from where I used to live. And yeah, we would spend time here. And obviously I knew that, that she had lived here and that she had recently moved out. It didn't, it bothered me, but not to the point of like, you know, oh my goodness, I can't be in here. It was just, sometimes it just felt weird. And then our relationship progressed to the point of we knew that we wanted to be together. I will say that it moved rather quickly. After eight months, we decided like, let's do this. So we decided that we were going to move in together. And it just kind of happened that I was going to move here to be with him. It made more sense logistically that I move Mm -hmm. into this house rather than him move to my town. And I really didn't think twice about it. I spoke to all my family about, you know, should I do this? Is this too soon? And everyone was very supportive and you guys need to do this. And literally when the moving truck pulled in and we started carrying my things in the house, it was like something came over me that I just was like, this isn't my house. Like, this is her house and his house. And what am I doing? It was really, really difficult. Like, I won't lie. There was probably the first week of just trying to unpack. I really struggled even to just unpack my things because I felt so uncomfortable. It was to the point of, like, touching the kitchen Mm -hmm. cabinets, like, opening them and knowing that, like, she had opened the cabinets or, you know, she had been in my bathtub. She was in my bedroom those things were really 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 challenging and for a while i kind of just walked around thinking what have i done what am i doing how can i live here how how can this be my home you know he chose this home he was in a i assume loving relationship with his wife when they looked at this house when they chose to buy this house that i can only assume was their forever home to raise their daughter in and so I was just really fixated on how can this be my home because it's her home. And And I was stuck in that mindset for quite a long time. That's
0: something that just feels all consuming. You tell me about this experience and I I feel it for you. And I don't wanna take away from what you're sharing, but I think we have some parallels in our stories that I just wanna wanna (laughs) share just to sort of add on to what you're saying. So for anyone who doesn't know, Amelia, you do. Kevin's ex, her new husband, their daughter that they shared together, actually lived with us for three months. This was, gosh, five years ago now, right about this time of year, five years ago. And I remember walking around the house having some of these same thoughts. She and I had a great relationship. We were best friends. We were business partners. Things were great for us. But still, she moved into my house and I started having all of these thoughts of what am I doing? What have I done? I'm not sure I can live here. Those same thoughts that you're having where this is no longer this person who exists in some fictional world. This is somebody that's very tangible Mm -hmm. in my home, in your home. And like, whether it's a literal or a figurative presence, it feels so powerful when it's your home that's supposed to be your safe space.
1: That, yeah, that's, you nailed it there. Your home is supposed to be your safe space. And it felt like the opposite of my safe space. It felt like the place that caused me the most anxiety. It made me feel uncomfortable. I was just kind of, before we started, kind of thinking back to what kind of things really bothered me. and. Another thing was, I was worried about changing some things, because my stepdaughter was still here, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to, you know, how do you make it your own without taking away from her? Like, this was her Mm -hmm. home as well, right? And in particular, the swing in the backyard that was hanging from our big maple tree. And it pained me to have it up there, knowing that you know my husband's ex would push their daughter in that swing and and I used to look outside in the backyard and see it and and I just I wanted to take it down but how could I take it down there was this little 2-year-old girl that loved that swing right and so we left it there for many years actually so yeah it was really difficult knowing what changes to make and when was the appropriate time and making it safe, like you said, making it the yeah. safe space.
0: One of the things I say a lot is that one person's comfort shouldn't come at the expense of someone else's. Here. Yeah. Your stepkid's comfort yeah. shouldn't come at the expense of yours, but yours shouldn't come at the expense of hers. And so what a tricky balance in trying to navigate making this your home without making it not feel like her home, which it has been for mm-hmm. for years. So Mm -hmm. what did that process look like for you? What are some of the steps that you took to make it feel like home for all of you?
1: So it took a little while for me to like just kind of get a hold of my feelings because I was so focused on just running Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting out of here. So once I was able to kind of calm everything and say to myself, like, you know, it wasn't Feasible for us to move. We weren't going to sell this house and move. That just wasn't an option. So, what can I do to make this feel like mine? And so, the first thing we did was some painting. That's that was the most inexpensive thing that we could do to to make the changes. Uh, We didn't have tons of money to go and refurnish the whole house or renovate the whole house, right? Yeah, we started with paint. The master bedroom was first. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) and that did get different furniture. Yeah. So we, and just minor things, different curtains and the little things, right. I would say about a year later was when we finally started replacing the furniture, like the bigger things. He got rid of his stuff. I got rid of mine and we purchased things together, which we've continued to do. You know, every year we kind of make it a thing that we buy one new main piece of furniture for the home. Yeah. Uh, so after all these years, we've kind of been able to replenish everything with things that are ours now rather than mine or his Uh, and that's really really helped to make it feel like our home yeah like I said just little renovations like changing even the faucet I know to some it might sound so silly but changing the kitchen faucet was like a big thing for me I spend a ton of time in the kitchen and so making it my own kitchen was really helpful yeah. <laughs> yeah painting and new decor and new dishes and and all of the things so yeah I would say to anyone that's in a situation like I was um yeah focus on like the least expensive things to do first like paint is a huge thing it can really change the whole atmosphere I right? love
0: that I love that you have found a way to take control of all of this when it felt like this big issue, this, this massive home, and you found little ways, little bite-sized pieces that you can really take back some of that control, make it your own, make it feel safe again. I think that's so, so important. And I yeah. I, I want to touch on the master bedroom for a minute, because <laughs> one of the big pieces of advice that I think we give as coaches often is keep the ex out of the room. Yes. They have one safe space. Let it be your bedroom. Do not talk about the X there. Don't think about the X there. Don't communicate with the X there. But the X was literally in that room at one point. <laughs> and yeah. that's so, so powerful. And it has the ability to probably hurt you or frustrate you in ways that other rooms may not have as much significance. I mean, you mentioned the kitchen, mm-hmm. but the room
1: the bedroom and um, <laughs> that that our bedroom. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there are days when I still come in our room, and I'm like, oh, you know, like she was in here. That being said, those days are far and few between now. They're not every day. They're not every time I walk in the room. I'm a lot more just. I guess, mindful of my own thoughts, when those things kind of start creeping in, you know, I remind myself, I'm 12 years in now, like this has been my bedroom for 12 years, it was her room for one year, this is my home, you know, things like that. So I try and have just awareness around my thoughts, because otherwise, and this goes for any situation, your thoughts can just kind of run away with you. And before you know it, you're down this rabbit hole of, you know, Mm -hmm. negative energy and negative thoughts and telling yourself stories that just aren't true, right? Yeah, but again, you know, we changed the paint, we bought new furniture, we did all the things we could to our bedroom to ensure that it was ours and there was not remnants of his past with her here. And that was just the reality of it. I did a lot of talking about it with my husband and how it made me feel. I'm really thankful that he has always been very open to hearing how I feel. He hasn't necessarily always been able to understand me, more so in the earlier years when mm-hmm. I just really had trouble articulating exactly what it was. And more so, another one of the issues was like, like I needed him to understand rather than Now, when I explain things to him, I don't need him to feel the same way or to understand completely. I just need him to be able to validate me and hear me. Yeah, Um, and that made things a lot easier on our relationship. Again, not just with this situation, but all around, um, is his ability just to hear my perspective. Yeah, that
0: validation is huge. Even if you don't get it, and even if you don't even get why that is the emotion that I'm experiencing in response to a situation, just validating that that is how I'm experiencing It's
1: huge. It, It truly is. And I think it just comes with like your relationship maturing, like you getting to know your partner better and communicating easier and listening to one another and not always needing to be right. Just it comes with time, I think. It does. Absolutely. I think it also comes
0: with, and I know this is something that you talk about a lot too, but the not shying away from feelings, recognizing Mm -hmm. that they have a purpose in your life. And I appreciate the mindset of, you know what, this is more of my bedroom than it ever was hers. This is more of my home than it ever was hers. And those little pep talks that we can give ourselves. But there's also a time and place for acknowledging those feelings and not Mm -hmm. just having your partner validate them on the other side of that. But it all has a place it all fits together and step parenting is such an emotional journey allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling and recognizing that those are natural responses to an experience that's actually quite unnatural and yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) and even if (laughs) like you know i didn't have really like stepmom friends in my earlier mm-hmm. days. Like obviously, I have step-parents and but you don't always want to talk to your parents about things. Right. Um, you know, so I have journals that I just would sit and write about how I was feeling and and I don't know what what it is and I and I talk about this all the time too is like there's something just so therapeutic about putting your pen on paper and writing out how you feel. And you don't need to have someone on the other side of it. You don't always need to be telling someone, you know, sometimes just grabbing a pen and paper, like sit in a comfy spot with your favorite drink and just write. (laughs) It it
0: truly is helpful. I am such a fan of journaling. My coaching clients who are listening right now are just laughing and they're like, oh, she knows, she loves the (laughs) journal. One of my favorite things is like when you're going through an especially overwhelming stage of life, but especially stepmom life, I recommend setting a timer for 10, 15 minutes every morning, first thing in the morning and getting it all out on paper. Just purge those thoughts so that they're not ruminating all day. I would much rather they be out on paper so that you just don't go through this cycle of the rabbit hole. Really, that we we do because because we love our family, we want to love our lives. And
1: some days yeah. it can be difficult. <laughs> and that's the reality of step parenting, right? Like you're always going to have challenges. And and I don't say that to be negative, but you're raising a child with another set of parents or another parent that's in another home that has different values. And there's bound to be conflict at some point. Mm-hmm. And so getting to a place where you know, you can just have positive ways to cope is just so important, I think.
0: Absolutely. Let's go ahead and sound by that, because that was (laughs) gold. You're absolutely right. And I think that's the whole point of the podcast. I think that's the whole point of what we're doing as coaches is (laughs) trying to normalize that. When we say step can be made easy, it's not because all of the stressors go away. It's because you learn how to cope with them. You learn Absolutely. how to manage and navigate all of this in a much healthier,
1: easier way because you still live in the house, right? Yeah, and and like I said to you, I mean, I I'm not gonna lie and say that you know I'm everything's fine, everything's sunshine <laughs> and there are some days when I walk in my bedroom and I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I quickly like I told you before, it can snap myself out of it. And I don't allow myself to tell myself these stories and become very aware of what I'm thinking and and I can snap out of it. And that's the key, like you said, like positive coping mechanisms. That's the whole point of all of this. That's the whole point of our coaching is to teach people how to cope with those stressors because yeah, they're not going anywhere. And I just, you know, I look at myself now versus 10 years ago or even seven years ago. And I'm like, man, I was just such a different stepmom then. So consumed and so angry and jealous. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so thankful that I've been able to get to the place that I am today because I don't know that this would have worked out in the long run if I was living that way for the rest of my life. I just, I don't think I could have done it. No.
0: And I I've been there too. Those all consuming insecurities and jealousies and frustration. There were definitely times in my stepmom journey that I was like, Nope, can't do it, can't do this for the rest of my life. And thank goodness I didn't have to. Thank goodness I found those tools and I found those ways forward the ways to shut the stressors down and shut them out. Yeah, oh, I love it. You are such a shining light, and I'm so- so grateful for your positive attitude, but you also keep it real with us. Like, there are some days that I walk in, I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. But <laughs> because that's the reality, it's not that everything is going to be wonderful, but the reality is everything's going to be wonderful, wonderful 99% of the time. And when it's not, you know how to make it wonderful again. You can find your way back to wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, if you have to talk to Amelia of 11, 12 years ago, what are you hmm. telling her on that day when she sees the moving truck pull up? I'm sure you want to just give her a hug and tell her it's going to be okay. But do you have any specific <laughs> advice for her when she's stuck in that?
1: Yeah, I mean, number one is like, feel the feelings. Like, mm-hmm. don't try and push them away and pretend that you're okay. And and also, like, don't try and put on your brave face and walk around and I wish right then and there I would have spoken to my husband and just said like, holy shoot, this is Mm -hmm. really a lot more than than I thought it was going to be. But I didn't speak to him about it right away. I thought that maybe I was just being dramatic. Mm -hmm. And also, because we had talked about it so extensively, it seemed kind of silly for me to all of a sudden be going, well, you know, I can't do this. And this is too much. And and so I wish I would have definitely talked to him more right in the beginning about how just challenging it was for me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and just yeah, I told myself that despite it being her home and all of those things, my husband was choosing—he was choosing me, and he was choosing us—and there would be lots of opportunity for making memories together in our home, and that it would just take some time. And if I could have just seen back then what a little bit of time would have done, I think I would have felt a lot more at ease. Uh, But I, I couldn't see that back then. I couldn't see how many beautiful Christmases we would have, or, you know, how many family dinners we would host, or just special, special memories that we would have here. And if I could have, Seen all of those things I just probably would have taken a deep breath and said you're gonna be okay and I think mm-hmm. that's what I would encourage any stepmom um, that's going through this is just you know take a deep breath and know that over time you're gonna have the opportunity to make your own memories with your partner and with your step family and those are going to be moments to cherish and you will grow into your space you will grow to love your space and it will become yours you just you need to be patient, and you need to be mindful. Oh, I love that. I love
0: that so much. You're telling me what to do now. Talk to my partner. But you're also telling me, I promise it gets easier with time. I will be fully transparent, though, <laughs> that if you would have told me in the beginning, well, it just takes time. It's going to get better. I would be like, okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But also, I want to punch you in the face because yes. I want it to be better right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no I I read it <laughs> <laughs> it is something we have to tell that moms who are stuck in a sack like it does suck right now I get that there is a light at the at the end of the tunnel to stick it out a promise is going to get better you're going to get better your family's going to get better but I also fully respect that that's frustrating advice
1: <laughs> well no but I think the thing of it is though is like in my earlier days, the problem was that I was so insecure in my home, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just filling the shoes of an ex-wife. That's what it felt like. And if I would have been able to articulate that to my husband, mm-hmm. well, my, you know, my boyfriend at the time, if I would have just been able to say, like, I feel like I'm playing house,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, and I would have just got that out there. It And, you know, I'm just saying maybe because we didn't really have this conversation per se, but If he could have validated how I was feeling and given me that security in our relationship earlier on and when I was feeling that way, maybe those feelings wouldn't have been as intense as they were. And so that's why I'm saying I encourage stepmoms, like, have those conversations, feel those feelings, and then have those conversations, because I think they'll be really beneficial. Yes,
0: absolutely. I think it's scary, especially in the beginning, to talk to our partners about the, the struggles, the things that are difficult. Definitely. It's so scary to admit we can't do it and we're not strong enough. And But it's, it's not that we're not strong enough, it's that we don't have the tools. We don't have the know-how. We the tools, yeah. yeah. But I also wanna tell anyone who is listening who is feeling afraid that your partner wants you to feel protected and respected and loved. And they're not mind readers. If they don't know that you're struggling they're going to think everything's fine. They're going to think the paint color is fine and not understand why it needs to be redone.
1: That's exactly it. My husband had like a very different perspective about painting the house. He had just painted the house when he and his ex had moved no. in because it was an older house and it needed to be painted. And so he had just painted it. So to him, he was like, well, The paint is fresh. What is wrong with the paint? (laughs) Because he didn't have my perspective. Mm -hmm. For him, his marriage had ended. He was done. That chapter was closed, right? That was his perspective. And my perspective was just very different than that. So until we could have those conversations and he could understand why the paint mattered to me and Mm why bathroom mirror mattered to me and why the kitchen faucet mattered to me, yeah, like you said, he wasn't a mind reader. But once we finally had those conversations, and he began to understand, then we could make the changes. And we were, you know, on the same page. Yeah. So yeah, communication is key. It It is key. And I think the sooner you can better communicate with your partner, the better your step family will be for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I, I just so appreciate your perspective. Because I didn't move into a house that Kevin shared with his ex. They actually lived in Washington and then they lived in Philadelphia for a while and we're in Dallas. So I haven't lived where they've lived, but I did move in with Kevin. I actually moved in fairly quickly too. It was about 11 months after we met and I had been in his and Krista's life. So very similar to you. He Mm -hmm. had just purchased a home and this is so cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway. But one day I felt like home was no longer my house. I felt like it was with him and Krista. Mm-hmm. Super cheesy. I feel like we need the like the cheesy sound overlay oh, here sound. But <laughs> the whole heart I know, oh my goodness. Aww. but that's how I felt. and so I was like, I think we need to do this. And he agreed, and so we did. And for me, it was seeing her handwriting on different boxes that he was unpacking at his new home. And mm-hmm. then I didn't even know this happened until after, but somebody came to the house to pick something up and we had sold some stuff on Facebook at the time. It wasn't Facebook marketplace. It was like garage sale mm-hmm. Facebook groups <laughs> this was way yeah. back in the day. But I was like, Oh, who was that? What, what happened? And he goes, Oh, I just sold something. And I was like, What did you sell? Like, why are you being so cryptic? Well, I don't want to tell you. (laughs) And this was back before I asked questions that I didn't actually want to hear the answer to. So I was like, I I want to know. What are you keeping from me? He sold the king bed frame that he and his ex had shared. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I had no (laughs) idea that was even here on the premise. So really glad that we took care of that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) And it seems so Silly on the surface. It's just a bed. A bed has function, but on a much deeper level, it has so much meaning. And I really don't want to share that with you that you shared with her. Same thing with you in the bedroom. So I don't have the same perspective you do. I have a couple similarities. Like I said, we've got some parallels, but I just so appreciate you sharing how you came into this, what helped you to overcome it. Because I know so many stepmoms have found themselves living in the house with our partner, shared with the ex, it's a functional way of moving forward and mm-hmm. just makes sense with custody schedules and it feels like home for everyone and it's practical. So I respect yeah. you. I applaud you. And I thank you mm-hmm. so much for sharing all of your expertise. Can you please tell us the best way that our audience can get in touch with you and learn more about you and your coaching business?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me at Lane lanestepfamilycoaching.com or you can always find me on Instagram. I'm amelia.lane.stepfamilycoach. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook under that name, but I usually hang out on Instagram. So that's probably the best spot. Or like I said, you can head to my website and shoot me an email through okay. there. And that's lane, L-A-N-E.
0: I will also link everything in the show notes so that everyone can easily find it. Amelia is a fabulous resource. She's a fabulous friend. She's obviously full of incredible information and advice. Please go support her business, support her, show her all the love. Amelia, thank you so, so much for being here today, for sharing all of this with us. I absolutely adore you and we will have to do this again most
1: definitely thank you again for having me I mean is she fabulous or what absolutely love Amelia
0: please make sure that you give her a follow thank you so much for tuning in to the stepmomming made easy podcast make sure you hit subscribe so that you're alerted every single week when we drop new episodes if you haven't already go ahead and give us five stars if you're loving what you're hearing I'll see you next week